Welcome to On Balance. I'm your host, Dr. Rod Berger. I'll be your guide as we explore the stories of today with the personalities impacting tomorrow. Welcome to On Balance. Welcome to a special edition of On Balance. This is a Strategus client profile. Today, we're going to be meeting with Bob Yayak. He's the CEO and president of CAE, and I'm your host, Dr. Rod Berger. Well, Bob, uh, I will tell you that in this conversation, I'm going to have to balance myself between someone who works in education and someone who's a parent, <laughs> right? <laughs> and thinking about the application of assessments, the understanding, the relationship that we have with them, because I think that it has been you know, it's had its ups and downs, I think, from the yeah. public's perspective. Uh, and, and I think that we are due for a, you know, a, a, just a better understanding, a better uh, set of, of uh, conversations that allow us to understand the incredible value that they bring and understanding where we are and where we can go. Can you, as we start off, share a little bit about where CAE sits within the ecosystem of education for those that may not know about CAE? Sure. So CAE actually has been around for about 20 years, and we really focus on improving student outcomes. But we sit in the kind of non-content-based assessment, if you will, the domain agnostic skills. So we focus on things like critical thinking, problem-solving, written communication. So we're looking to try to really assess those skills for the students because we know, um, certainly from all the research out there, that these are the skills that employers demand. These are the skills that are actually very critical for success, not just in high school and college, but beyond. So these are the ones we're trying to assess because they're really not assessed anywhere else. Is it a challenge to sort of decouple yourself or CAE and what your focus is from just what the general public's perception is of a word as big as assessment? Yes. As a matter of fact, uh, people <laughs> on our team, when they go to cocktail parties, say, uh, Yes, what do you do? They never say the word they're assess, uh, assessment people. So um, <laughs> because assessment does have, you know, a variety of, you know, reactions uh, when you talk to people about it, and appropriately so, right? As you said, as a parent, um, you have one reaction. Um, you know, as an educator, you know how essential they are, actually, within the educational process. So um, we, we do try to separate ourselves, and a couple of ways we do it, obviously, is the skills we focus on, right? We're not trying to measure you know, numeracy, literacy, you know, the skills that um, <clears throat> the summative assessments do. And, by the way, we, we don't use the word summative anymore either. That's got a bad connotation. Um, but we try to help uh, our clients and, and students and their parents really understand why these skills are important. And most parents actually believe these are really important skills, right, particularly when your kids get to be teenagers. You want them actually to be able to have a little critical thinking and problem solving, right? Absolutely. So, um, so parents get it. Um, and the other interesting thing that we do to try to separate ourselves from kind of the traditional assessments is that we use a different approach. We use something called a performance task. So what that does basically is it puts the student into a real-world situation where they have to solve a problem. And for a high school student, you know, it might be, you know, working on the student council to get something through the school or dealing with some environmental issue in the local neighborhood. Uh, for college, it might be you're an intern and you've got to write a report to your boss. So putting them in situations where they have to actually apply these skills. And there is no right or wrong answer or no single right answer, if you will, uh, for a performance task. So however they want to talk about it, we're just really trying to understand how do they think, problem solve, how do they communicate, 
Do they think broadly or go very narrow? So it's a very different approach. I think once, you know, our uh, institutions, the parents and students understand how we do it and why we're doing it, we get a much better reaction. Okay, this is different. This is very important. We need to be doing this because we really want to understand how to provide that developmental support to the student, and we really need to know where they are. And, you know, content knowledge, I think uh, most people will admit now, is just not sufficient, whether it's social-emotional learning, whether it's critical thinking skills. These are other skills that are really important for students to be successful. And I think, you know, there's a, a broader view of what really encompasses a full student these days. Bob, so you mentioned something in there. You mentioned the word essential. And I'm wondering if that is, maybe this is sort of the, the branding messaging guy in me, but I think about that word because if we can, if we can pair assessment and essential together, it feels like we can, those that need to be, I guess, or we should be better informed, um, as communities as to the role these types of assessments, um, really support the ongoing development of a young person, it feels like that would be maybe a target or a goal to think about ways in which to communicate how essential what we're doing in this space is. Is that fair or am I reaching too far? No, I think it is fair. Um, and I think you know, there are many challenges, right? I mean, as an educator, you know, in the classroom, you have so much on your plate already, right? I mean, you're just trying to get through everything with, with your students. Now we're going to say we're going to add something else in there. I mean, so... I thought, you know, stuff I was teaching them is really essential, like math and English and, you know, these other things. So, so how do we fit it into, you know, kind of the world of, you know, the educator and make sure that we're supporting them as well as the student? So it can't be more. It has to be kind of, you know, supplemented or included in there. And I think that's, you know, one of the challenges we, when we talk to educators, like, I know this is really important. I, I'm trying to, I try to give it to them, but how do I fit all this in? And, you know, are they getting support from the district and others? So you have all the state mandates, obviously, things they have to do. How much time left is there really in the day to do these? So we're working very closely with a lot of our clients, both at the higher education level and the uh, secondary education level, to really help them understand how to incorporate it. Because doing the assessment's great, but then now, now you, got, you have to do something with that data, right? You know, how am I going to help the student? And really, our focus has been on that student's growth and preparedness, right? We're not, we're not looking at how well the institution is doing. We're looking at how well each student is doing. Because often, you know, traditional assessments don't capture skills that a student may have. So you may not be very good at math, but you might be really good at problem solving. So, you know, how do we pick those things up? So I think one of the challenges that, you know, everything has, I mean, so, social-emotional learning is in the same path, Right. We know students need it. How do we fit it in? How do we, how do we incorporate that into the classroom when the days are already packed? So I think it is essential. And now the question is, how do we actually incorporate it? Yeah. And you mentioned there understanding and data. Um, those, those two don't often pair together right. <laughs> in, in all sorts, in all sectors of our lives. Uh, as you have, you know, CA has been around 20 years and, and I know your, your long history of work, um, in technology, even in, in the medical side of things. Talk about the education of the client in some of this, right? Because it feels like when we bring more comprehensive elements to a marketplace, it's not just about sort of that individual that's interfacing with what we've sort of built or structured. It's also the people that have to interpret that. So talk about that curve of education from the client side. Yeah, and it is interesting. Um, so you know, we, we've actually just redone all our reporting um, to provide more useful information. So CAA came from very much a psychometric background, right? I mean, you've got really smart people doing really good work, 
and then you produce a 35-page report that has all the psychometrics in there that no one understands or knows what to do with, So, um, and really was designed for the institution. So what we've done is we've really focused now on the students. So we have individual student reports that really provide some insight to them, how well they're doing against mastery levels and others, but but also kind of breaking it down into sub-skills. So how are your data literacy skills? Um, what is your ability to you know, identify logical fallacies in an argument. So we're really trying to help them understand not just, hey, you're, you're great at this or you're not great at this, but what are those components of critical thinking, problem solving, even written communication where you have strengths and opportunities for improvement? And then sharing that with the educators, sharing that with you know, superintendents, you know, at the district level, how are your students doing? And then offering some interventions that can help the student but, you know, again, that's where, you know, the educators have to be part of the solution as well, right? It can't just be, you know, here's this great report, um, but providing the information for the student to take home to their parents. Here's why we're actually being assessed ab about these skills, and here's what it says about me as a student. So they're really trying to, you know, create that more holistic view for the student and for everyone involved with that student. And it's the educator, it's the parent, it's the guidance counselor, you know, it's the principals and superintendents, it's that broad group that we really want to get to and share with them how well they're doing. And we just did a, a recent project with a, a large university where we actually coupled the assessment with instruction that we created for that university so they can incorporate it into the classroom. And we got great feedback from the students. And, you know, kind of the, the funny comment we heard from them is that when we shared, you know, how to do critical thinking and, the, you know, the job aids, students were like, oh, oh, yeah, we do this all the time. And the instructors are like, no, actually, you don't. <laughs> you think you do, but you actually don't. So let's actually practice these skills because actually using them is a lot different than thinking you use them because you're probably not doing all the steps you should be doing. So, again, students, we hear all the time, they believe these are really important skills as well. They know this is what they're going to need to have a successful career, you know, whether they go to high school next or from high school to college, college to career, however they go about it, they know these are important skills as well. So everybody knows it. So now how do we create the assessments and the instruction to make sure we're developing them? We're chatting with Bob Yayak. He is the CEO and president of CAE. You can go to CAE.org, and this is a special edition of On Balance. It's a Strategist client profile. Bob, let's talk about – let's put on the forecaster hat, right? Because I would imagine as you are I – mean, I love that, that story about the students thinking that they – they already maybe mastered, or maybe at least they they're doing this maybe in their regular lives. At least they think so. Uh, and the reality, uh, when you put that in context of a professor and what they're seeing um, in real time, when you think about the data that you're able to, I guess, assess and understand, and, and from a psychometric perspective, how does that impact the next set of questions that sort of behind closed doors you're sort of asking as a group that says, "Gosh, I would imagine you want to be cognizant of potential blind spots." Uh, biases of things that are impacting these students in a world that continues to change moment by moment. Right. Take us behind these scenes a little bit into that process. Well, it's interesting because a lot of that process that we're looking at now is using our data to really evaluate the instruments we're using for the assessment. So just to give you an example, you know, companies based in New York City, so we could write this really interesting study and you know, a little assessment around subway repair, right? I mean, subway broke, what are you going to do? Are you going to repair it? You're gonna, you know, well, to a student in South Dakota, that might not make a whole lot of sense, right? So how do you really start thinking about bringing the student's life and context into these? So you're not forcing them almost to think outside the box a little bit just to get through the assessment. Um, you're really trying to let them kind of drive where they want to go. So 
a student in Hawaii might have a very different experience than someone in inner city New York. So like, how do we really, again, continue to put the student at the center of this? So we're not, uh, we're the experts in psychometrics, you know, we're going to build this really cool assessment, but think about it from the student perspective. So do we give the student 20 different scenarios to pick from? Let them choose which one they want to work through. We're still assessing the same skills in the same way, still psychometrically valid, but now we're letting them kind of drive the, you know, the storyline a little bit more. So we're starting to see those sorts of things. We're also starting to incorporate more technology into the assessments. So we're doing a really interesting project with our school district to assess theater students. So they actually have theater to, students. Theater students, yes. So they actually have to um, write. They partner with somebody to write a script for two characters as part of the assessment. They they get together with somebody else and they have to actually record a scene. Um, they have to do a little costume design. So. Again, you're, you're kind of putting them into that scenario, right? So it's not that you're, you're testing on their math skills or, you know, algebra skills, right? These are skills that are important for um, their performance arts. And so let's test them in that environment and see how they work together and the things they're doing. So it's really kind of fun for science. We're going to incorporate some simulations so the students get to watch a simulation of, you know, a roller coaster, how much weight do you have to – you know, power you have to put, get the weight up the, the hill, whatever it might be, right? So these are all things that I think can be part of the assessment that make it more engaging for the student, but still being very valid from an assessment perspective. It, it, not, not to take our conversation uh, in another direction or off the rails, but it made me think when you talk about the roller coaster, it's, you, I don't know if you've, uh, if you've used an Oculus. Uh, yeah. you know, with the, right. Yeah. And so you thinking about assessment and, and, and I have one in exploring that for what the world might be like, even for meetings, maybe even for this interview and discussion where, right how would that impact sort of the context or the experience that we might have? And then what values may I contribute that I didn't even know that I had? Correct. Yeah. And really trying to pull those out. And, you know, again, if you think about the future, we, we talk about this a lot, you know, content knowledge is going to become easier and easier to find, right? I mean, I can just talk to my phone and say, Hey, Google, Hey Siri, you know, and I get my answer. You know, so memorizing that may not be valuable. Now clearly there's some technical skills you need and there's some content knowledge you do need, but, you know, as we move forward and AI and other tools become more and more predominant, we believe that these critical thinking, problem-solving communication skills are going to be the ones that are really going to separate, you know, the, the best performers from those that are going to struggle. So technology advances so quickly that, you know, even in the span of this interview, something has been innovated or right, <laughs> built that we just – we won't even be able to comprehend potentially, or at least I'll speak for myself. Uh, when we think about assessments and the kinds, of converse, the kinds of questions that we're looking at and exploring, when, if you take a retrospective over the last 20 years, are there – from an industry perspective, not a CAE, but, you know, just as an industry – and the expert and analysts in the space, are there moments, like cringeworthy moments that, gosh, I can't believe we went down that path, or my goodness, I'm so glad the industry did because it opened up this fantastic sort of array of questions and areas to explore? Um, I think there's probably a few, um, you know, kind of, you know, back and forth. And like most industries, right, the pendulum's going to swing one direction or the other. And clearly, you know, the government has a big say in what gets done. So they're directing the money, therefore they're directing what happens. And, you know, being able to measure, you know, progress is certainly important, but how you measure it, is it fair to all students? You know, these are all things that are, are going to be discussed probably forever. Um, I, I do think, though, that, you know, there's uh, at least what I see, uh, maybe a little bit of a bias that, well, there's some things you just can't measure. Like you can't measure critical thinking. You can't measure communication skills. 
you can't measure creativity. And, and we would disagree. You know, there are ways of doing it. Um, and there are ways of doing it that are very psychometrically valid, that are comparable, those sorts of things. But I, I believe there's still a lot of people like, no, you can't measure all those things. You can only measure kind of, you know, memorization recall and, and some technical skills. But we don't believe that. So sometimes we're fighting that battle of people just saying, you know what, you, you really can't measure these. So we've been doing it for 20 years. So we feel pretty comfortable in our position. But but still, there there are those that will say there are certain things you just can't measure. If If I'm walking sort of around in my life, and I'm walking into either a school, uh, a K-12 school or a university lecture hall, would there be sort of hallmark, would there be elements that I would be witnessing or experiencing that would tell me this is an environment that is utilizing an assessment that is looking at these areas that basically go beyond the, uh, you know, the Scantron sheet, right, that are more contextualized. What would I be looking for? What would be sort of a noticeable, recognizable difference to to the layman? Well, you know, uh, one of our clients we were just talking to um, about a week or so ago, it's a school district out in Arizona. They use performance tasks throughout their curriculum. They are kind of building it around that. So, you know, it really is something they incorporate every day. So it's not, hey, let's just do a performance task here or there. It's part of every class, every program. So they're really kind of developing these skills along the way, right? And and that's probably the best way to do it. And so you're going to see more use of performance tasks, more interaction, you know, as opposed to, okay, here's our test, you know, get, see what you, you remembered from, you know, what I told you a couple of days ago, or did you do that? So I think, you know, we're seeing that. I mean, the big school district in, uh, in the U.S., largest one in the U.S. we're working with, and they're incorporating into every class, every subject area. So both as assessment as well as some education. So I think that's where a lot of people are going that recognizing now in the past performance tasks have been difficult. They're, they're longer to build. They're, they've been harder to grade in the past because you're often asking for a writing, you know, component to that. But we've developed some, uh, with one of our partners, some great AI scoring that takes, you know, the thousands of previous, uh, written, uh, responses that we've gotten. We know they've been scored by two humans. So we know which ones are good, which ones are not so good. And then we can trade the AI engine on that based on the scoring we've already done. And now we can do a score within seconds, really, after that essay has been completed. So there's a lot of technology advances that are going to make it easier for organizations and institutions to both use them as assessment as well as training uh, components. And, again, just really engaging with the student very differently than, you know, here's, here's what I'm going to tell you and you better memorize this. Let's go on the other side of the table. Uh, let's go to the private sector. So when the young person has gone through, matriculated through the educational system, how does a world where we are, because that, look, selfishly, I'm in complete agreement with you. I mean, these are the things that, this is what really matters. When you're, when you're having a challenge with your child and you're having a conversation, you want to know that they can process that conversation, not that they can right. check a box, right? So right. how do you think, if we sort of, we play this out a little bit, you know, 10, 15, whatever we, you know, sort of pick the, the timing, What's the impact on the private sector in the way in which they think about human capital, the way in which they think about organizing teams? Because it feels like this is not just a one, this is not a one way kind of experience. This is, right, right this is three dimensional. This is all encompassing. This is sort of the matrix, right? The ones and zeros all coming together. Yes. And I would think that for it to be successful, the private sector would have to really invest and have a, a very thorough understanding of how this kind of information can impact the way in which they build and organize their companies. Yes. And, and, you know, when we talk to the private sector, I mean, they're really looking for these kinds of skills, right? I mean, in, matter of fact, I just saw a survey that came out a couple of days ago from Burning Glass MZ, 
who, you know, study the labor markets and, you know, it's like number two on the list, critical thinking. You know, it's always one or two or three. And sometimes, you know, communications there. Sometimes it's creativity, collaboration. And these are all those skills that really are part of these 21st century skills that everyone recognizes are important. So the employers um, are really looking for them. They're not finding them. I mean, our data show that of entering uh, higher education students, only 60% are proficient um, in, when they enter uh, higher education in these skills. And, you know, when they're, when they, excuse me, 60 or 60% are not proficient. Um, and then when they exit, still 44% are not proficient. So the employers are saying, we need these skills developed sooner. We can't develop them in the organization. So we want to find people that have, that have them, but we can't just find them right now. So, so to me, I think it's the employers less about what they're going on in their organization, but actually reaching back into the colleges and the high schools and working more closely to say, how are you developing these skills? How can we help? You know, how can we help you understand what we really need and how can you develop those students, you know, for us? Because once they come, I mean, yes, they can try to develop it, but if you haven't developed the skills by the time you get to uh, employment, you're probably not getting a job, right? And that's the challenge. So you've got a lot of kids that may be underemployed or having other challenges and finding, well, these days finding jobs is a little bit easier. But, but again, you know, employers, I think, are saying, help us by bringing better students to us. We'll take it from there. And actually, content knowledge isn't that important to them because they'll, they'll teach them all that. But how do they really reach back into the high schools and into the colleges, community colleges, vocational schools, whatever it is, to make sure those, those skills are actually being developed as well? So that's what we talk to employers about. Like, you need to be involved in the earlier stages of the continuum. You can't just expect these people to show up on your doorstep with all these great skills and then, oh, you know, you're going to be a great employer, but you really need to be part of that, you know, solving that problem. Yeah, it's not Amazon Prime just delivering them to the door, right? Correct. Correct. <laughs> uh, and fully formed. Uh, Bob, I want to make sure that people can get in contact with you and or CAE if they've got interest in understanding how their institution, their district can participate uh, and move the, move the ball forward for their students. Yes. So um, CAE.org is our website. We are a nonprofit. Um, and you find all the information there about what we do, our data, our recent articles. We do a lot of publishing um, out there with our data and with others. As a matter of fact, we have a book coming out with the OECD um, in March So uh, for the work we're doing internationally. So, you know, very much a, a thought leader in the industry and really trying to, to move this forward. So CAE.org, um, and my name is Bob Yayak, and you can reach me at B-Yayak, Y-A-Y-A-C, at CAE.org. Well, I really enjoyed this conversation. Uh, I feel like we should be checking in on a, a regular basis because it is so important. There's nothing static about what you're doing here. This yeah. is uh, very, very important to not only economic development, but the development uh, of human capital here in the U.S. and across the globe. We want to thank Bob Yayak. He's the president and CEO of CAE. Once again, you can go to CAE.org. This has been a special edition of On Balance, a strategist client profile with CAE. I'm your host, Dr. Rod Berger. This concludes another chapter of On Balance. Connect with me via LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. I'm Dr. Rod Berger.